Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless. Hebrews chapter 10. Man, I, I got a fire in my belly. I know you do too. Amen? And we're not going to leave it shut up. Like Jeremiah said, there's a fire down in there. And we got to get it out. And that fire is the Word of God. Thursdays at 8 p.m., join me on YouTube and Facebook, Gospel Tabernacle YouTube and Facebook. We just, finished, we just started our first of six study sessions on what the Word of God is. Speaking of a fire in your belly, the Word of God is like a fire that cleanses and energizes you, and it's like a hammer that swings through and destroys what doesn't need to be there and builds up what should be there. Amen. That's what's going to take place in us this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, let's look at verse 19. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Therefore, brothers and sisters, having boldness, someone say boldness, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us, through the veil that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Can you say that today? Say, let us draw near. With a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke or stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves, as is the manner of some, but exhorting, encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I've been covering since May. I look, went back and looked back. It's been since May that I've been teaching on this Bible doctrine of boldness. It is a necessary ingredient of walking in Christ, living in Christ, having this life of Christ, and doing great exploits of faith, which is your portion, amen? As a believer, as a Christian, as a new creation in Christ, great exploits of faith, miracle-working power is your portion. But it takes boldness to receive the things of God. It takes drawing a line in the sand and not backing down and saying, this is what the blood of Jesus has purchased for me and I will receive it by faith. It is mine. I take it now. The, the first, I think it's five times I've spoke about this Bible boldness, we've looked at specific people. We've looked at Nehemiah and Elijah and Moses and the three Hebrew children. We looked at different folks and their testimonies of how they stood bold for the Lord. They made a decision that they were going to do what God had tasked them to do. They made a decision to stand for the things of God regardless of what may come against them. 
I want you to say this. Say, the cross before me, the world behind me. That was the song of their life. That was the prayer of their heart. Jesus set before me. He is my prize. Christ is my prize and high calling. Everything else that doesn't take me to Him, I'm leaving it behind me. So we're going to look at something just a slight, maybe a different facet. How many, how many like diamonds in here? Ladies, you like diamonds? Diamonds on the rings, the ears thing? A diamond's cut has many facets. Don't worry, husbands. I'm not going to talk too much about diamonds and make your wife ask for one. I'm just going to mention that a diamond has many facets, has many cuts. And depending on the way the light hits it, it reflects different shimmers of light. Well, boldness has many different facets, many different sides. Like faith. Faith has so many different facets and sides, and it shimmers and looks a little bit different depending on the perspective you're looking at. And I want you to see today that not only are we called to be bold towards this earth, this world, toward the kingdom of hell, not only are we to be bold in the things God has called us to do and do them by faith, we're also to be bold toward the Lord. We're to have a boldness in our relationship with God. We're to have a confidence. Someone say confidence. We're to have a confidence in our relationship with the Father. Not to be timid. Not to be insecure. Not to be doubtful, fearful, but to be confident. He is my God. He is my Savior. He is my Father. My Redeemer, my Mediator, my High Priest. He is the one who fills me, and I'm, no, I'm closer to no one but Him. Amen. We're to have a boldness. Because, see, when you understand who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you, that changes the way you see the world. Amen. That puts you in a place to say, I ain't going to fear no one but God. God. Amen. I will fear no one but the Lord. I will fear no one but the Lord. I just, just this Friday, I had a pastor friend, that, uh, Pastor Phil Hutchins of his Tabernacle Canada, taken off to jail, locked up. I can imagine him sitting in the cell. One guy saying, what are you here for? I, I robbed, a, you know, robbed a store. What are you here for? I shot a man. What are you here for? Me? Oh, I, I preach the gospel. Canada. A nation we would assume, you know, being a Western civilized nation that would have democracy and freedom. But under the guise of public health, we can leave open the Walmarts, the Krogers, the strip clubs, the liquor joints, everything else, but my goodness, don't come to church. And we'll lock you up. I mean, he was just running the public safety in circles. They'd come for him looking at the church the day before the Holy Spirit said, go meet here instead. They'd meet there. They'd ride by the church, police officers with video cameras. No one's coming. They must not come today. Oh, they met somewhere else. Too late. They're already gone. To be bold towards man will require boldness with God. It says in the book of Jude that Enoch... He was a prophet in a day and time before the flood. A very wicked time. What Jesus said is today. In these last days, it will be as in the days of Noah. And here's Enoch, a preacher of righteousness. 
declaring the truth of God. But he was not because God took him. God translated him. He did not suffer death yet. He'll come back. Be one of those witnesses, I believe, in, in the book of Revelation. But notice that. The relationship he had with God, he walked with God and was not for God took him. That's the full thing. I didn't say that right the first time. He walked with God and was not for God took him. Because he walked with God, it put him in a place to stand in a place of resistance against the wicked world. And unless someone stands up and declares, this is Jesus, the living Son of, the, Son of God, who has shed His blood for the remission of sins, so that anyone that might believe on Him and confess Him Lord, they shall be saved. Amen. Unless there's someone to witness, then no one will have a means to receive that. See, your relationship with God determines every other aspect of your life. You want to be a good husband? Get your relationship with the Lord strong and you'll be a better husband. You want to be a better wife? Get a stronger relationship with God. Grow with God and you'll be a better wife. You want to be a better parent? You get a stronger relationship with the Lord and He will teach you how to parent your children. The stronger you grow with God, the stronger you'll grow in any other area of life. So let us look at this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, once more. Therefore, brothers and sisters, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near by the blood. Someone say, by the blood. Let us draw near by the blood. Look at that. Boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. There is a secret place in the presence of of the living God that is prepared for you. It is the holiest place that exists in all the universe. There is no place more holy than in the presence of God. Amen. And there's a spot waiting for you. Now how do you get there? How do you draw near? By the blood. Yes. By the blood of Jesus by the blood of Jesus. You have access to the holiest place that exists. I'm talking about the place where you get miracle power. Amen. The place where you receive answers to prayer. Amen. The place where you get your tank filled up with joy. Amen. The place where you receive a peace that passeth understanding that can't be shaken by the world. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world doesn't live in peace. But there's a place where you can receive the peace of God and it's by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You have access. Say access. Why do I ask you to say these things? I want your heart to connect with your mouth and your mind so that you can see exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying here. Access by the blood. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. Turn with me there. Let us draw near by the blood of Jesus. The priceless, sinless, precious blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 13. Ephesians 2, chapter 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off. Before you met Jesus, how many, were you, how many of you were far off in sin? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, look, it's this simple. <laughs> It's this simple. If you weren't, before you were saved, you were a sinner. Amen? 
That's pretty, pretty common sense. But sometimes we can have this idea, well, I was a sinner, but not a very bad one. So, I mean, what? You get the nicer room in hell, right? If you're a sinner, you're a sinner. It is by the blood of Jesus that you're saved. And apart from the application of that blood, sin's not forgiven. And whether it's what you would think in your mind, little or large, sin will take you to hell. Sin will destroy you. Sin always brings destruction. And that sin made us far off from God. For He, excuse me, but now in Christ Jesus, you who, you who once were far off have been brought near. Brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ Jesus lets you draw near to the Father. The blood of Jesus was the necessary payment for your sin so that, not just being saved, so that you can fellowship with the Father. So that you can live with the Father. Live in His presence. Dwell in His peace. Verse 14, For He Himself is our peace, who, was, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Verse 15, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so as to create in Himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Verse 16, that He might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. How many is thankful for the cross? Amen. From the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. What is that? Well, it's real close to a word like enemy. And essentially the same. When you were in sin, you were an enemy to God. When I was in sin, I was an enemy to God. I was in opposition to the Lord. I was against the things of God. But by the blood of Jesus, the enemy of God has become the friend of God. By the blood of Jesus, those that were dead in sin have been made alive in Christ. And just as there was a curtain, a veil, in the Old Testament tabernacle that separated the holiness of God from those dead in sin. It has been ripped in half by the blood of Jesus and all those that are cleansed by the blood now freely come in to the holy place. Verse 17, And He came, Jesus, and preached peace to you. God wants you to live in peace. Who were afar off and to those who were near. Verse 18 for through Him, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. When the blood of Jesus is applied to your heart, yes, I understand, you probably would understand this point, that that's what saves you. When you believe in your heart, Jesus is the risen Son of God, and confess Him with your mouth. Confess Him Lord of your life, you're saved. What supernaturally takes place is the blood of Christ, which was spilled out at Calvary, which He took to heaven. For in heaven there is a heavenly tabernacle like we see in the book of Exodus or in Ezekiel. I was just reading that last night. This place which God created in the Old Testament for people to meet with God. It was a replication of what's in heaven. And in heaven is the blood of Jesus ever crying out on your behalf so that when you come 
The high priest of your confession, Jesus, can say to the Father, He's one of ours. She's one of ours. And the Father says, Come on in. Come on in. Take their rightful place in my presence. Because the blood of Jesus allows you to draw near into this place of holiness. Verse 14, did you see that? For He Himself is our peace. If an enemy of God is changed to a friend of God, there's no more war there. Never, 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 never. Think to yourself, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, never think to yourself, God's mad at you. Now, wrath is against sin. He loves you. And if you're in sin, oh my goodness, He has done everything He can to bring you to Him. But by choosing to stay in sin, you make a choice, Lord, I'm going to be against you. But once you receive Christ and you're washed by the blood, you're saying, Lord, I surrender. And and the Lord says, hey, come on in. We're at peace. We're on the same side. We have the same desires. In fact, you have my spirit now because it's my spirit that will recreate you into a brand new person so that all the guilt and shame of the sin which you had is now washed away, forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, it'll never be brought back up by God. Satan might try to bring out some dead skeletons in the closet. Some operators of the, or agents of Satan known as busybodies may try to bring up something about your past. You know, you ever had that happen? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're different? I remember who you used to be. The used to be is dead now. Amen. Well, you don't look no different. Well, keep on watching me because I'm a changed man. Amen. Amen. And I don't want to have to physically. I'm going to spiritually take that shovel and beat back those devils that are trying to bring that skeleton out of the closet. And I may have to do it physically if you keep running your mouth around here because I'm a changed person. Amen. Do not allow people in your spear, your hearing, your thought process when you can control it to talk down about your relationship with God. Just start talking when when they start talking. If they're going to bring doubt and unbelief and a negative report, just start, well, you know, this is actually what the Bible says. And just start preaching to them. One of two things will happen. They'll either get saved too or they'll run away. But do not entertain thoughts that God is mad at you if you're a child of God. Because you've been brought close. You're at peace with God. Say, I'm at peace peace with God. God. Look at this, Romans 5. Here in Ephesians, just a few few books over. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have, there it is again, access. Access by faith. Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only am I at peace with God, I've got access. I entertain the presence of God. I live in a different place than I did before. I live and dwell in the presence of God. Man, when you get a hold of that, you allow the Holy Spirit to open that up in your heart and you meditate on that. I have access to the Father. 
I dwell in His presence. Where He lives, I live. I'm seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. I'm there spiritually with Him. I may be physically on this earth. I may be in it, but not born of it. I've been born again. I'm in the kingdom of heaven. I've been translated into a marvelous, glorious place with the Father. When you get a hold of that revelation, man, the things of this world become laughable. I made this statement Thursday when I was doing the live stream. I said, I'm thankful. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful it says that. And not according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus as long as inflation is under 5%. Are there silly, stupid, incompetent, ignorant things wicked men can do? Yes. Don't affect my father. Amen. Yeah, but the prices are going up. Hey, I hate that it goes up too. You have bad economic policies, that's what happens. But it's not going to stop the provision that's coming into my life. Amen. This gospel's not an American gospel, so it's not dependent on American politics. This gospel is a gospel birthed out of heaven. And as long as heaven's not bankrupt, all my needs shall be provided. I'm not going to cut back. I'm going to do what God's put me here to do. Amen. Maybe the Lord of the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you right now what He said to Esther through Mordecai. For such a time as this, yes. you've been born. Oh, I just wish, you know, I wish I was born at another time, another place. How about this? How about the indomitable Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you is more than enough to conquer the things of this life? How about that? How about by the blood of Jesus, you're more than a conqueror? How about this? That greater is He that is in you than the spirit of this world. Amen. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to slack back. I'm going to charge forward. I'm going to go faster, 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 harder after the things of God. Why? Because the place which I live is... The presence of the Father. I draw my strength from a place that can't be depleted. I'm a tree planted by that river. Though drought come, my leaf won't wither. My fruit won't fail. And I'm going to bear everything I'm to bear in due season. How about you? If you're going to do that, say amen. amen. Notice this. Let us draw near by the blood. Let us draw near... Hebrews 10.20, if you hadn't marked it yet, make a point to mark it there. I guess you could digitally do it as well. But make a point. We're going to be in Hebrews, that section of Hebrews, all this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. Let us draw near by a new and living way. Let us draw near by the blood. Let us draw near by a new and living way. I want you to say that. Say new and living. One more time. New and living. Draw near by a new and living way. In order to see this, turn with me to John 10. John 10, we're going to look at two verses here in John. In this new and living way. John 10, 9. John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus is, he's teaching here and he's talking about the good shepherd. How he is the good chief shepherd. Verse 9. I am the door. 
If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the door to everything that the Father has reserved for you. Any promise in the Word, Jesus is the entry point to receive it. And the book of Revelation says that Jesus, he said, I hold the key of David. And when I open a door, no one will shut it. And if I close a door, no one will open it. Jesus is the door. He has flung Himself open to the things He has reserved for you through His Word to receive by faith, and no one can shut it. The only choice is, do you walk through? When you walk through the open door of Christ, you, yes, you're saved, absolutely. But that's the entry point to everything that's in this Word. Everything that is in the presence of the Lord is found by the way of Jesus. A new and living way. Now think about that, a new way. The Holy Spirit through Isaiah said, I will do a new thing. Before Jesus came, there was a way to God. But it was an imperfect way. The Bible says it itself. It was by the blood sacrifice of dumb animals. And even then... It was through a priestly organization. You wanted to talk to God, you could talk out and cry out by faith. I believe that as well. But if you wanted remission for your sins, you wanted to bless the Lord, you would have to go to the tabernacle or the temple. You would have to bring an innocent animal who didn't do anything, give it to a priest. The priest would then do on your behalf the things of God, bringing that blood sacrifice. And then only once a year would the high priest chosen by God go into the very presence of God for the remission of the sins of the people of God. But there's a new way. The blood of Jesus. The open door of Christ. So that now you don't have to go through an intermediary, a mediator, a go-between. You want to talk to God? Open your mouth. You want to reach out to the Lord? Reach out by faith. You want, to, you want to get wisdom from God? Ask Him. You want to live in a place of overflowing abundance? Believe Him. You want to receive the gift of heaven and be endued with power? Ask for it. No go-between. No mediator is done away with. There's a new way. And He's the living way. Look at this. You're in John 10, just a few pages over. John 14, 16. No, John 14, 6. John 14, 6. You know this. You've heard it so many times, I'm sure. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yes, that's how we're saved. But I want you to see this. Jesus is not only the way you receive salvation. Jesus is the way you receive fellowship with the Lord. Jesus did what I couldn't do. Jesus did what you couldn't do so that we could have what wasn't available. The presence of the Lord dwelling within us. Living, breathing, moving, and having our being in Him. Acts 17, 28. A new and living way. Jesus made this way. Let us draw near. The third thing I want you to see today. Let us draw near to our high priest. To our high priest. Let it, say this. I have, I have a, high a high priest. 
I have a good high priest. Ephesians 10.21, and having a high priest over the house of God. Look at Hebrews 4.14. Hebrews chapter 4.14. I know I got you turning today. I understand it. But if I had about six hours, you know, but we got to make some, we got to make some ground here. Hebrews chapter 4.14. Seeing then you have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to this confession. For we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Jesus knows how you feel. He walked this life like you did. He understands. You know, in our best, what we will do sometimes when you reach out to someone who's hurting, or maybe you've been in a place of loss or hurting, and someone is being kind and loving and sympathetic, they'll say, I'm sorry, I know how it feels. But maybe they don't. But they're doing their best. You understand that. They're doing their best. And you do your best. But you can't say that with Jesus. Jesus can say, I know exactly how you feel. They lied on me too. They defamed me too. They hit me. They bruised me. They cursed me. They slapped me. They wouldn't believe me. They killed me. Well, he laid his life down. They didn't take it, but you understand. He understands. He knows your heart. He's your comforter. Right now, what you feel in your heart is the presence of the comforting one. He knows you. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's there to be with you. He's there to carry you. He's there to keep you, to strengthen you. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Having gone through what we went through, yet he had a different outcome. No sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. How many are thankful that you can go to Jesus and get help when you need it? If you need grace, you can get it. You need mercy, you can get it. Man, I pray, I've been praying that often, often, often lately. Lord, more grace, more grace, more grace. More spiritual empowerment to do the task before me. More wisdom to do what you've called me to do. More anointing, Lord. Keep on filling me up. You say, what happens if you get full? Fill me up till I overflow. Amen. You can go to the Lord and say, I need help. And he says, no problem. Problem solved. Because when we draw near, you're drawing near to your high priest. You're drawing near to the one who keeps and takes care of your life. Notice that. Verse 21 of Hebrews 10, having a great high priest over the house of God. You are the house of God. Won't you say that? Say, I am the house of God. See, Ephesians 2.22 says, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. In the Old Testament, in that covenant, God dwelled in a tabernacle, separated from people. In the new and better covenant, the covenant by the blood of Jesus, 
God said, I will no longer dwell in that place, but in my people. But I'm going to have to clean them up. So the blood of Jesus cleans you up. Amen? How many is clean? Man, I'm clean because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of something I've done, but by the blood of Jesus and the washing of the water of the Word, I'm clean. And God says, man, that's a place I want to live. I want to live in you. Not beside you, not near you, not close to you, in you. In you. I'm building you as a house so that I can live in you. We're coming to a close here. Let us draw near, Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. Say true heart. In full assurance of faith. Let us draw near with a true heart. When you yield your heart to the Lord, that's all, that's all that is required to have the supernatural power and presence of God indwelling in you. When you yield your heart, a true heart before the Lord, and say, Lord, shape me, mold me, cleanse me, form, fashion me. Lord, command me. Lord, lead me, guide me. If you'll say it, I'll do it. I yield my heart to you with a true heart. It's what David was saying in Psalms 51, verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to a precious lady at the post office, and she is from, uh, let's see, I don't want to mess this up. She is from Benin, Africa, a continent or country in Africa, Benin. And, uh, yeah, anyway, she, I, I heard the accent, right? And, of course, I said, look, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm going to pry a little bit, but I hear the accent. I'm just going to guess you're not from around here. It was a French-based accent. And she laughed. She said, no, I'm not. I'm really originally from Benin. And I said, hmm, what brings you here? She said, well, my, my husband and I were here as missionaries. And I said, well, thank God. America needs a lot more missionaries. And, he said, and she said, we're here to preach the gospel and build a church. I said, we need more of them. Amen. Pray, bless you. Let Lord, fill up your church so you got to build and build and build again. And I said, you know what's so funny? I said, people argue because she is what, what T.L. Osborne called black African gold. And here I am, white snow. I mean, in the summer, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm golden brown. You know, the cookie's at 350 for 13 minutes. I turn slightly golden brown in the summer. And I said, you know, people, they get all messed up about this pigmentation of skin. And I said, though we look different, we've got the same spirit. And she laughed and she said, and we're clean by the same blood. And I said, that's exactly right. See, when you get washed clean, you don't really care what other people look like. Amen? When you get washed clean by the spirit of this world, it's not about, you know, where we go to school or this or that or where we work together. Man, get me around the people of God. Get me around other people who've been washed clean. David said this, Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The heart yielded to the Father is a place where He can live and abide. Amen. Now notice that, with our, a true heart and full assurance of faith. Romans 3.24 says this, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a mercy seat through faith in His blood. How many believe in the power of the blood of Jesus today? Amen. There's a mercy seat for you to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. 
verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just, and the justifier of Him which believes in Jesus. You know, I'm not coming to the Father based on what I do. And I'm thankful for that. You're not coming to the Lord based on your past, based on your history. You're not coming on the Lord based on what you're able to do in your own body, on your own self, on your own strength. How many is thankful for that? I'm coming to the Father based on the finished work of Christ. I'm made righteous with the righteousness of God. I'm not a sinful worm. Was, but not now. I've been saved. I'm set free. I'm a new creation, bearing the righteousness of God. I have a fullness of faith in my spirit to know it's not by what I have done or can do, but by the blood of Jesus that I've made it, been brought into the presence of the Father. That's what allows me to draw near. That's what allows me to draw near. Hearts sprinkled, bodies washed, Hebrews 10, 22. Hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, bodies washed with pure water. Again, going back, this whole book of Hebrews goes back to that time of when there was a priesthood in a tabernacle. The priest couldn't just say, couldn't just grab a sacrifice and say, all right, I'll see you boys later. I'm going into the Holy of Holies. He had to first go to the laver. This was this bowl that was metal and it was so shined up that when he leaned over and there was water in it and he would wash his hands and his face, he could see his reflection in it. It's the Word. The Word's a mirror. James 1. And when you peer into this Word, it's reflecting to you. Oh, I'm healed because Jesus healed me. I'm redeemed because Jesus shed His blood for me. Oh, okay. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost because it says when I hunger and thirst for righteousness, I'll be filled. Oh, answered prayer is my portion because it says when I come before the Lord and ask of Him His will, He hears me. And if He hears me, He gives me what I ask for. Oh, I can have a strong marriage because it says he who finds a wife has found a good thing and obtained favor of the Lord. God's given me favor to have a good marriage. Oh, my children can serve God because it says if I'll teach them the ways of God, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. The mirror's reflecting to me what I am because I've been washed by it. And a heart sprinkled with blood. The altar where the sacrifice was laid out before God, they would sprinkle that innocent blood around it. The innocent blood of Christ has been sprinkled on you, cleansed you, so that you can draw near. So that you can draw near. Let us draw near and hold fast. Say, hold fast. hold fast. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession, the confession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. I can't be back and forth with God. I can't waver in and out, faithful, doubtful, faithful, fearful, and receive anything from God. James 1, 6 tells us that, 6, 7, and 8. You can't come to God doubting. Because if you do, you're like a wave in the ocean. And what do waves do? They come in and they go out. I know this very well. Earlier this summer at Pauly's Island where we like to go vacation, it was the first beach trip with Naomi. And of course, you know, we got to bring bath toys to the beach. 
Can anyone see a problem coming when you have bath toys in the ocean? What did I do? Lay back and relax, right? No, I'm chasing the, you know, the whale went this way, the seahorse went that way, now the seagull went that way. We actually came back with all the bath toys we took in the ocean, believe it or not. I think I lost five pounds sprinting back and forth trying to get them out of the waves. But when they would go, she'd, oh, and I'd have to go get them. Waves go in and out. Amen. Not faith, though. Faith holds fast. Faith grabs a hold of something. How many's got a dog? Anyone got a dog at home? Does your dog do the same thing my dog does, or I guess my parents' dog, my adopted dog? Todd likes the cats I have at home, but they didn't come out for you Thursday, did they? Anyone's dog do the same thing my dog does? When they got a toy, you know, you have this glamorous idea of fetch, right? Go fetch. And they run and brings it back, and the dog drops it off to you. Maybe your dog's better learned, better taught than mine. Maggie doesn't let go. She wants you to throw it again, but you're literally going to have to rip out her entire top and bottom jaw to get the thing let loose. That's how your faith should be. Bulldog faith. Grab a hold of it, take a chunk out of it, and don't let go. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. Why do you believe that? The Bible says so. Yeah, but Aunt so-and-so, she liked the Bible a lot. I love Aunt so-and-so, but I ain't Aunt so-and-so. Aunt so-and-so ain't going to the Father for me. I'm going to the Father based on the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to get what the Word of God has promised me. And I'm not letting go. And I'll receive it by faith. How can we do that? Because He is faithful that promised. For He is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. How can you have assurance that you're saved? Because He is faithful that, you, that promised. How can you know you're clean from sins? Because He that is faithful is promised. How can you know that you'll have what you ask of God? Because He is faithful that promised. How do you know that you're going to make, uh, make it to heaven? Because He is faithful that promised. How do you know you can receive healing in your body? Because He is faithful that promised. How do you know you can have answered prayer? Because He is faithful that promised. If He promised it, He'll do it. He's faithful. He won't turn His back on you. He can't. It's against His nature. He would actually have to change who He is. Last time I checked, we may change, but He ain't. He ain't going to. If you're perfect, why do you change? If you got it right the first time. No, I'm not talking about your husband or wife. I'm saying if you're like the Lord and you got it right the first time, you don't have to change. Sometimes we might have to change, but He's not going to change because He's faithful. Let us draw near to consider one another. Hebrews 10, 24, Let us consider one another to stir up unto love and good works. Why do you need to draw near? Because someone's counting on you. Children, parents, family, co-workers. Someone's counting on you. Husband, wife. Someone's counting on you. You need to draw near so that you can stir up other people's love and good works. Hebrews 10, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 26 says this, that we being all one body, if one member suffers, we all suffer. But if one member 
you know, does well, is increased, is glorified, then we all rejoice. Brothers and sisters in Christ, church members, church family, they need you. They need you. They need you to stir them up to good works and to love. You coming in, you loving them. You, hey, I ain't saw so-and-so in a couple weeks. I'm going to have to reach out and see what's going on. Hey, how you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, da, da, da. and they start talking to you and say, well, look here, you know God's faithful. God's going to take you, bring you through this. But you don't need to turn your back on God. The last thing you need to do is quit, quit you know, being in the house of the Lord or being around the people of God or being among the faithful. No, 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 no. That's the last thing you want to do. Don't get isolated. You need to come on. Be strong. Be strengthened. Stir up the love and good works which is in you. Amen. Consider one another. Why do I go to the Father? Not just for me. That's a big reason for myself. But I go, for my, I go to the Father in His presence by the blood having access there so that I can bring down things for other people. Amen. You know, there's a parable that Jesus teaches about prayer. And He says there's a man who went to his friend's house in the middle of the night asking for bread because some visitors came through. It wasn't a convenient time, and the man at first didn't want to answer him. But because the man kept on asking, the man finally gave him bread so he could go back home and feed his visitors, according to Jewish custom. And Jesus said, is not your father much more ready to answer your prayer? If someone can be coerced at an inconvenient time to do what you asked them, even more will the Father who loves you and made a way for you answer your prayer, which is His will to begin with anyway. Amen. You have to consider one another so you can bring heavenly bread down for others. Amen. And the last thing I want you to see today as we come to a close, Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Someone say, church, church. church, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Why do I draw near to the Lord? So that I can draw near to His people. Why do I draw near to God? So that when I come to church, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I can give something. I can be a blessing. You will never know. Well, maybe I shouldn't say never know. But you would be surprised when pastor stands up here or I stand up here. Man, we, we, we stay in prayer. We stay in the Word. We, we carry anointing by the grace of God. We pray more, more anointing, more grace to do the task before us. But I want to tell you something. When people full of the Holy Ghost are looking on the other end, like you are today, amen, it charges us up. Things happen supernaturally, not just by the faith of one, but by many. And God said right here by the Holy Spirit, don't forsake coming together. There's something corporate. There's a blessing that takes place in the church, not just at home. That's good. You do both. Amen. And in this day and age, can you not see it for the past 19 months? One of the main attacks by wicked, perverted People in power is shut down churches. And if there's no faith in that I can get something special when I go to church, then it's easy to say, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll just close the doors. We'll go when they, when they say that we can go. My father told me they say doesn't have a count or a vote in my life. 
I don't listen to they say. They say ain't on the bill of my mortgage. Isn't that my uh, house address? <laughs> they say doesn't buy the groceries. They say doesn't pay the rent. They say doesn't pay the insurance. They say don't get a vote. But God says, don't forsake coming together. Amen. Now, I'm not browbeating you. You're here today. But even as you see, how many believe Jesus is coming back? Amen. Even more. And it's not just church. Being in faith, being in prayer, being in study, witnessing, soul winning, encouraging others, stirring up others. You realize when Christ comes and raptures the church, there is no more opportunity to pray. Amen. Praying will be done. Yes. There's no more opportunity for us to win souls. What we've done is done. Yes. There'll be more time, you know, oh, Jesus, hold on one second. I haven't read my Bible in two years. There's no more time to do study. Amen. We have but a small part and a small portion of time. And as the Bible says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number this, Lord, so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. When you see the day approaching, when you see evil amongst evil growing, but righteousness amongst righteous growing, amen, the power of God amongst the people of God growing, when you see that day approaching, don't back off. Mash the gas. Accelerate. Switch lanes. Pass the car. Keep on going. Ignore the speed limit, spiritually, supernaturally. Now, I'm not saying when you leave here today to go get some lunch. Don't forsake coming together. Don't slow down. Don't back off. Encourage. Exhort. Tell someone. Reach out. Pray more. Seek the Spirit of God more. More word this year than last year, and then more the next. Because you have a place reserved for you in the holiest place in existence. Amen. You have a place, a seat at the Father's table. And He's knocking. Will you come and sup with me? Will you sit down and stay a while? Will you live here? Will you let me strengthen you? Will you let me fill you to overflowing? Will, will you let me continually change you and transform you by my power? Will you let me do something in you that only I can do? Will you let me let everything that man has said is impossible in your life be turned into total possibility and answered prayer? There's a place for you. We just have to draw near. Stand up with me as we go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your anointing. I thank You for the Spirit of the Lord. You are here in this house of prayer. I thank You, Lord, all oh, how my heart pours out for this church family. Lord, even now by the power of Your Spirit, let your supernatural love fall afresh on every person's heart and life that are here in this house, that are listening through our outreach streams, Lord. Let all that are coming, seeking your face, Lord. 
let them leave this place not the same. More grace, more love, more of your anointing. Fall afresh. Reign of the Holy Spirit. Pour out on our lives. Pour out in this house. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eye closed. It's just you in the Spirit of the Lord. If you're here today and you know you need to make things right with God, you know that if you breathed your last breath, you don't, you're just not certain. You know, I don't know if I'm going to open my eyes in heaven. You know, maybe, or you say at one time, you know, I was right with God, but now I'm not where I need to be. I need the blood applied to my heart. If you're here today and you can't confidently, boldly say, you know what, I can go into the presence of God. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. If you can't say that, you don't have to wait. You can do it today. You can make the decision today. If that's you, and you know you need to make some things right with the Lord, would you raise your hand right now and let me know? All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord loves you, Cameron. My goodness, he loves you so much. You ready to make things right, aren't you? There ain't nothing worth having in this life that will cause separation with God. Nothing. And here's the thing. What separated you, what has separated you, God's going to pull it out of your life. He's going to cleanse you of it. He's going to make you clean, pure. And you're going to be a child of God, seated at the table of the Father. You believe that, don't you, Cameron? Things are going to change for you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Church family, will you pray with Cameron? Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I come before you by the blood of Jesus. Lord, forgive me of my sins, my wrongdoings. Cleanse me. Make me clean. I thank you. I'm saved because I believe Jesus is your risen Son. And He is my Lord forever from today to the end of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Cameron, here's the game changer. The power of the Lord filling you will keep you from stumbling will cause you to go from a place of victory to victory. The Spirit of God. And I believe that when I pray for you, that you will be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of the Lord. He's in you now. I'm not saying you don't have him now. He's made you brand new when you prayed that prayer of faith. But He's going to fill you with power 
power that only comes from heaven. That's going to set your feet straight on a path of righteousness. You believe that? You want that? I know you do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be filled with the Spirit of God. Baptized with fire. In the name of Jesus, I curse every foul, demonic stronghold. I command you leave this flesh. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Be filled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I love you. God loves you. If you need prayer, if you need something, you need to deal with God, not, not on salvation, but you need something from the Lord right now. He's here to give it to you. Regardless of what it is, maybe it's healing in your body. You need a supernatural shock to hit your marriage, your children. You, you need a breakthrough in provision and finances. You need peace to saturate your mind. If you need something from the Lord, would you raise your hand and just leave it up for a few seconds if that's you. You need something to take place in your life today. I see it. Yeah. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father, I come to You boldly by the blood of Jesus. And I thank You. You know the petition of my heart. I receive by faith what I ask. Lord, You have every answer before any problem exists. And I receive Your grace, Your provision, Your supernatural answer. In Jesus' name, if you believe it and you receive it, won't you shout Amen today. I love you. God bless you. And go out in the strength of God. Amen. Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. And our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message.